Welcome to the Time for Your Health podcast, a podcast with the sole purpose of giving you the facts on how to improve your physical and mental health with actionable content you can implement straight away. My name is Lewis Pierce. I'm a fat loss expert and a health and wellness coach who's helped more than 300 women successfully transform their lives through my 90-day priority health program. You can find me on Instagram at lewis underscore underscore pierce or email me at lewis at lewispierce.com for more information on the services I provide. And my co-host is Matthew Long. Matthew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, hi, I'm Matthew Long and I'm an expert in physical and mental health. After 22 years of serving in the Royal Air Force, I trained to become a therapist to help people both physically and mentally. One thing I learned is that the power of the mind is far greater than the power of the body. So whether you want to achieve weight reduction, just increase your exercise, have more drive or determination, or perform better in every aspect of your life, it all has to start with the mind. Now you can find me at www.mlmindandbody.co.uk. Now that website has all the links to my social media and you can contact me directly through that website. Awesome. Well, Matthew, enough of the formalities. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. The topic for today is why do people struggle to lose weight so much? Now, I've got a lot to say on this topic. So I'm let- sure you have. And maybe, maybe we should let you kick off with, the, uh, with the, the, the list that you've got. And maybe we'll, I'll interject somewhere in between. Um, I'm going to approach the more of the emotional side of it. Uh, but yeah. I know you've got a lot of practical stuff to go in there as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, go I'm for it, Lewis. Yeah. I've not written anything down, so <laughs> it was a message to my manager. Yeah, off the cuff, mate. Because the way I saw it was, if I write down twenty things, I talk about twenty things, and we'll be here for for three hours. So I thought, if I just say off the cuff, say what's on my head in my head at the time, maybe we'll keep this podcast to a realistic time length. And so should I go for a cup of tea now? Should I? <laughs> <laughs> so we need to make sure all the listeners are sitting comfortably. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be here for some time. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so why do people struggle to lose weight so much? Now, the biggest reason for me why people struggle to lose weight, not ultimately lose weight, but keep that weight off. So lose weight and stay there. That's the biggest thing I want to hit home here. It's not anyone can lose weight. You know, starve yourself, you'll lose weight. Run a marathon every day, you'll lose weight. Anyone can lose weight. But it's about losing it in a sustainable way and keeping it off forever. That's what people struggle with. And the number one reason why I think or why I know people struggle to keep the weight off is because they don't address the problem. They don't address the, the root cause of the problem, which is their bad lifestyle and bad habits. Simple as that. That is why people continue to put weight on because they will do something that is unsustainable, unrealistic and extreme like, I don't know, follow keto even though they love carbs or you know spend two hours in the gym every single day or cut out sugar or whatever they'll do something that's not sustainable for them in the long term but will get them results but all they've done is they've just basically bolted on this program that they're following and they haven't actually addressed the issue at all it's like for example i love a good car analogy so you've got a car right the engine is absolutely battered it's like popping and banging and it's got zero power Bolting on a turbo to the side of this engine, right, may give you a bit of speed briefly, but it's going to ultimately put the engine under even more load and the engine's going to blow up, it's going to crash and burn, and then you have to go and buy a new car anyway. And that's essentially what you're doing when you are 
not addressing the problem and you're just following a diet plan that someone else has followed and that we work for them so they're going to give it to you or you're following some kind of crazy training program you're just adding as a mother specifically you're adding to your current stresses in your life by following something that's not even designed for you or for your lifestyle and then you're just going to end up crashing and burning the car's going to blow up that being your stress levels are going to go even higher because you're trying to balance even more stuff you've got to address the problem would you agree matt absolutely and it's not just women i mean certainly uh, uh men in the workforce find it very difficult because they get uh, you know men and women in the workforce for that matter because uh, obviously a lot more mothers do uh do go back to work very early after having children now um but it's that whole stress level it's that whole you know that whole thing with stress and cortisol and we can talk a little bit about the uh the uh, lovely hormone cortisol the way it reacts with our body when we're under stress uh should i talk about that now yeah man crack on okay so the cortisol stress hormone now cortisol is naturally produced in the body it acts a bit like caffeine that's the best description of it it uh, spikes in the morning to wake you up uh, and it rises slightly as the morning goes on and then after after lunch it starts to dip very very slowly so that by the time you get to bedtime it's nice and low so you're ready to go back to sleep again okay now when you're stressed all the time your cortisol level stays high all the time so you're in a higher state of alertness you're probably a little bit anxious all the time you're feeling the stress you don't sleep properly uh, and cortisol is one of those things that gets injected not literally uh, but the body produces it when uh, we're in a, a flight fight freeze response so it, it's very good at what it does when it's needed but when we don't need it it's very bad for us now it does several things one of the things after flight flight freeze response is that it will encourage you or give you a, a craving for sugary and fatty foods so that you replace all that energy that you would have burnt off running away or fighting a big grizzly bear okay so but when you've sat in the desk all day or in your job whatever you've been doing you've been really stressed you will still get that sugary and fatty food craving later on in the day even though you haven't really burnt off the physical calories to be replaced uh, so that's one of the things about cortisol that can be really sabotaging to a to somebody who's trying to reduce weight now i like to use the word reduce weight rather than lose weight because when people lose weight psychologically they can be thinking i've lost something i need to find it again <laughs> <laughs> that can work on a subconscious level but if you're going to reduce weight and maintain weight that's much better than you letting your subconscious think you've lost something and you'll need to find it later which quite often happens with yo-yo dieting another thing that cortisol can do uh which is detrimental is it'll stop you sleeping properly okay so if you've got a nice high cortisol level during your sleep time uh, you won't go into proper REM sleep, so you'll wake up feeling tired and fatigued. And of course, what do you do when you're tired and fatigued? You try and get some energy from calories, uh, but they just end up being empty calories quite often. Again, sugary and fatty foods. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, quite, it's a very effective uh, chemical when we need it, but when we don't need it and we're under stress a lot of the time, uh, then it obviously can be detrimental, especially to a weight reduction plan. Yeah. cool so two things we've just touched on there why people struggle to lose weight it's poor sleep and an abundance and an abundance of stress yeah right so i'll run through a couple of tips why i suggest people do if they're struggling with sleep and you can hop in and give us some as well all right matt sound good yeah, no worries yeah cool so 
sleep, like Matt's already said, when you're knackered, when you're waking up tired, when you're exhausted, your body only wants one thing, right? It wants foods calorie dense, right? So high sugar, high fat foods, because it needs the energy because you're so drained. Cravings are going to be through the roof. You're not going to be able to, you know, deny those cravings. You're going to be in the biscuit tin, 100%. Yeah. So that's why if you want to stick to a diet and lose weight, sleep needs to be a priority. Yeah. People, it seems to be the first thing that people will neglect. 100% is, oh yeah, I'll just go to bed later. I'll stay up later. Especially as I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and they think it's cool to stay up late. I think you're an idiot if you stay up late. That's the long and short of it. If you want to function with any kind of mental focus, you know, with any degree of energy or self-control when it comes to nutrition or actually want to have energy to exercise, you've got to sleep. And it has to be number one priority of your day. So what I get the girls that I work with to do is have a set bedtime, a non-negotiable. So you want to be aiming for seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Everyone's different. Some people can get final six. Some people need... Nine, it all depends on the individual, yeah? And obviously, if you're listening to this, you'll kind of know how much sleep you usually need. So what I say is, look at the time that you wake up, or that you have to wake up, or that the kids wake you up, and then just reverse engineer a bedtime based on how much sleep you need at night. So, and then that is a non-negotiable. That time, that bedtime is set every single day, regardless of what's happening. Because what a lot of people do, when you're working long hours, you've got a long day, you've got kids, you you want that me time in the evening. And it's so easy to swap sleep for me time. But in the long run, it's not going to benefit you. You've got to have that discipline to be like, yes, okay, I'll sacrifice Netflix tonight for a good night's sleep. Because you know that the next day, you're going to wake up more refreshed, more likely to stick to any nutrition strategy or just eat better foods. You'll want to do a workout because you've got the energy. You have more mental focus. So try not to burn the candle at both ends and have a set bedtime. That's my biggest tip when it comes to bed, to sleep, is have a set bedtime and make it non-negotiable. Anything to add to sleep, Matthew, my dear? Uh, yeah, well, there's an obvious couple of things you can do to help get better sleep. Um, blue screen on your on your phone, iPod, tablet, whatever you're using. You can They can all now be set to a, a, a friendly eye filter thing. Uh, at certain times, I have mine set to sunrise and sunset, so that you know it's going to be much nicer for me, my brain waves before I go to bed. Because being self-employed, as you know, uh, you do end up replying to emails at stupid o'clock at night or doing something because otherwise you forget to do it the next day. Uh, but if the screen light backlight is reduced, uh, then obviously that's going to help your your, your uh, melatonin, all that nice stuff that will help you sleep at night. Um, something else, of course, which is obvious, and the thing is, when it comes to people who struggle with weight reduction, they are the people who know probably more about dieting and eating healthy than any any specialist because they've tried it, they've done it, they've you know had some good uh, good gains or losses with it. But we, being knowing what to do and actually putting it into practice, are two different things. Um, we, we all know that we shouldn't drink caffeine after lunchtime because it can affect our sleep pattern at night. But how many people still do it? You know, they are, I'm tired in the afternoon. I'm going to have another cup of coffee. Uh, well, what will coffee do? It will raise your cortisol level because it doesn't actually raise your stress level <laughs> having coffee. Yeah, you might be a little bit awake briefly, 
but it's a short-term fix. Uh, and all that's going to happen is that's going to that's going to be at an elevated level, so that when you go, try and go to sleep at night, you're going to struggle, or you're going to you might go to sleep straight away, but you might not be able to get into that REM sleep that you really need to, you know, for your brain to recover and be refreshed for the next day. Yeah, definitely, mate. Something else I'd probably say about sleep is adding on to your evening routine with blue light filters and stuff like that is a lot of people have everything going through their head. You've got their entire to-do list in their head, right? And then when you go to sit down or lie down in bed, in complete silence, all that you can hear is this, this to-do list bouncing around your head, which is going to stop you from sleeping. So a technique that I get the girls in the program to do is something called a brain dump, which is it's a combination of two things, really. It's you sit down on the edge of your bed, you can use guided meditation, you can just do breathing exercises, you can do something on YouTube for five minutes, where you basically, it's complete silence, yeah? And then you're gonna, this is when these things that are in your head, you're gonna start hearing them, you know, not voices, but the things that you know you need to get done. After that five minutes, you've got a piece of paper, pad by your bed, you just write a list of all the things that are in your head, yeah? So say you've got 10 things in your head to do, oh, I need to get the kids breakfast sorted, or I need to get the kids, uniform mind or whatever it is i've got to send that email to sally at work or whatever these things are write them down on a piece of paper get them out of your head then feel free to do another five minutes if you want to just to make sure that your head's completely empty and get in bed go to sleep and because you've written those things in your head down you'll subconsciously be like i don't have to remember them because i've written them down i just look at them in the morning so that's if so if you're someone that struggles to get to sleep I have seen that help a lot of people, especially mothers who seem to worry about more than dads do. I know Sarah, my wife, worries more about stuff than I do. She's always, you know, staying up or up late trying to get to sleep because she's worried about stuff. It just seems to be more of a female thing. Not to say men don't worry, but <laughs> men or women, if you struggle to get to sleep because your head's so busy. Yeah, my wife and I are exactly the opposite. I'm the one who gets up in the middle of the night worrying about something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if, if, if that's something that's, that is someone that's listening to this struggles to get to sleep, try doing that because I have seen, I've physically seen that help a lot of people. I'm not just saying that that based on opinion. This is fact that I've seen it help people. So I've far, woken up many a time in the middle of the night, and because uh, I haven't got a notepad and paper by my bed or anything, I've got note pages on my phone, and so I'll open up one of those blank note pages, scribble something in there, whether it be typing it or handwriting or whatever and uh, and then i know it's there and i can just check it in the morning to remember what i'd forgotten to do the night before or whatever uh, and it does work it stops your brain from just going into overdrive uh, yeah i mean when i first started uh, running my own business that i'd be waking up at three four o'clock in the morning thinking oh i've got to do this i've got to do that i've got to reply to that email and i'd end up doing it at three four o'clock in the morning and going back to bed because otherwise i couldn't sleep uh, but having note pages and things like that has really helped me to be able to, you know, if I do wake up, rather than sit there lying there, mulling it over, just thinking about it, just write it down, go back to sleep. It's a great yeah. way of clearing your head for sure. I think that goes for anything as well. When it comes to trying to stick to a nutrition plan, especially in this day and age when everyone's so busy, trying to stick to a nutrition plan, you kind of have to make time for workouts and and cooking and meal planning and prepping and stuff like that so it comes back to write stuff down yeah plan your week the people in my program that i see get the most success week after week 
are the ones that actually plan their weeks. So sit down, have a to-do list on your phone, like Matt's got, like I've got the same. You have a master to-do list where everything that you need to do, as soon as it pops in your head, write it on the list on your phone. Every Sunday, write down with your phone, sit down with your phone, piece of paper, and you take the tasks from that to-do list that need to be done this week, be realistic, write them on the to-do list, and then allocate them to the dates. Yeah? And then you can have something called game plan, which is basically like a, it's like a, a generic plan for the week. Every single week it's, it's the same. All you do is you just shift things around, drag and drop stuff. It's basically, I give it to the girls that I work with. It's a spreadsheet with times on what you're doing at each time. Cause there'll be things in your life that won't change Your work. Time will be the same. Kids club will be the same, et cetera, et cetera. But you'll always have spaces that are free. And that's when you put in, workouts that's when you put in meal prep that's when you put in the stuff off your to-do list you've got to do and just by getting everything down on a piece of paper all you've got to do is you wake up in the morning you look at your diary that you planned out on a sunday and you know exactly what to do you're not going to bed panicking and worrying because you've got everything written down so yeah lack of planning it's probably another reason why don't people struggle to stick to a diet eh yeah, well, I, I must admit, I, I did write a couple of uh, things down for today's podcast. And one of the things I wrote down was routine or lack of. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people find it very easy, uh, especially if they've got work to do Monday to Friday. They find it very easy to stick to their routine and healthy eating Monday to Friday. And then they don't plan anything for the weekend. Or they might be doing all sorts of weird stuff that they haven't really planned around for eating. So, you know, the weekend is the bit that seems to sabotage the whole week's, you know, the whole week worth of effort. Mm-hmm. So certainly by making sure you can plan around whatever you're doing at the weekend, plan your meals. If you're going out, have a look at the menu online or whatever. So you can at least select something before you even get there. And you can then you don't have to worry about looking through the menu, seeing all those nice foods that you think you'd like to eat and shouldn't. Um, but if you know exactly what you're going to have before you get in there, then you've already made that decision before you've walked through the door. You don't have any stress. You've already done it. And, yeah. and that can help. And uh, But saying that, you know, a little bit of something now and then is nice as well. But you've just got to factor in that into your uh, your weight reduction plan. So, yeah. yeah. When it comes to the weekends, I get, I get people to kind of make sure they've actually thought about the weekend. Not necessarily plan their meals or whatever, but know what they're doing, have a rough idea and know how they're going to fit their nutrition around that. So for example, if you're going to near me, there's a place called Thetford Forest where there's loads of, like a nice place to go with a family, big fields, play stuff, loads of cool stuff to go and do. You can go there, there's a cafe there and stuff, or if you plan ahead, you could take your own picnic. Yeah? Yeah. You could take your own lunch, have, make more sensible decisions with your food. If you're also planning in advance of what you're doing for your weekend, or at least thinking about what you're doing weekend you can do some damage limitation in the days running up to it so you overeating one day is not going to make you fat yeah you didn't get fat in one day and you're not going to get slim in one day so if you do damage limitation say for example saturday you're going out for an evening meal it's date night we have a couple of beers couple of wines have a nice curry whatever you want to do you don't want to track that stuff you want to just relax and enjoy the moment you don't want to be that guy that counts calories in your curry when you're out with your wife or whatever who's no one wants to do that. You don't want to be that guy. So therefore, what I would suggest you do is damage limitation on Thursday, Friday. But you maybe eat a little bit less. Yeah. You maybe skip breakfast Thursday, Friday. Or if you're tracking calories, you just eat 500 less calories each day. 
on the Thursday and Friday. Comes to Saturday, you can do the same again. Maybe skip breakfast, have a light lunch. Then when it comes to the evening, you're going to have a couple of thousand calories to play with, which means you're not going to track stuff. As long as you eat relatively simply, but relatively sensibly, and don't go absolutely bonkers, you're not going to put on weight. So damage limitation, plan ahead, have some kind of strategy of how you're going to stay on track mm. to a certain extent over the weekends. And yeah, treat your weekends like any other day. Like Matt said, don't just be like, Monday and Friday, I'm going to stick to the plan, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, uh, throw it all out the window. You know what I mean? Well, a lot, what I find as well with it, a lot of people who may, you know, it might be a Friday night and a Saturday, but they, they you know, for whatever reason, you could end up having to go to a party, stank or Hindu, wedding, christenings, and you just end up having food that you wouldn't normally eat. Um, but then they go, oh, well, I'll, I'll start again on Monday. But what's wrong with starting again at your next meal? Rather yeah. than putting it off for 24 hours, start at your next meal, because that can make a massive difference to how much you've uh, overeaten over the weekend or over-consumed with calories. So don't just, uh, you know, a lot of people are Monday to Friday uh, dieters. Uh, they, you know, they might go to events over the weekend, but they could start again on Sunday lunchtime, back into healthy eating, back into routine, whatever you need to do, rather than just wait until Monday morning. A lot of people think that, you know, because uh, they've sabotaged it on a Friday and Saturday, well, there's no point, well, now I'll wait till, I'll wait till Monday, but start at the next meal. Always plan to start at the next meal. Start again. It's like a do-over. Yeah. Just yeah. Go Don't put it off. Yeah. Exactly, mate. It's it's just about having the discipline, really, to realise that yeah, you screw screwed up a little bit. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back on the wagon as soon as you can, and don't think too much of it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up over it. We'll do it. We all have, we have weddings and christenings and all sorts of things to go to, you know, people's birthday parties, and you're going to have a, you are going to probably overindulge a bit, but don't think right now, just might as well wait till Monday. Just yeah. For your next meal. Start I think the biggest, yeah, I think one of the biggest things, probably the last thing I want to touch on for this episode is, is the short-term attitude, because it's when you have a short-term attitude to fat loss, where you want to lose it all, you want to lose it now. I'm going to holiday in two weeks, I want to lose 10 pounds. That's when you bolt on these plans that aren't made for you. That's when you, you know, you restrict yourself Monday to Friday, screw it up at the weekend, say I'll start again on Monday. All comes down to your attitude to to weight reduction. Yeah, all comes down to that's your attitude to weight reduction. Yeah, so you've got to have a more long term strategy, a more long term game plan. You're gonna have. Things going on in your life that are unavoidable. Kids parties, social events, date night, holidays. Yeah? So if you have a more long-term strategy, like a year, yeah? You want to lose weight in a year or just con continue to lose weight all the time. And then when it comes to these social events, you just implement some damage limitation. You be sensible. And if you're not sensible, get over it and just get on the wagon the next day rather than beating yourself up for two days consuming 10,000 more calories and having even more work to do. It's just growing up. You've got to be more grown up when it comes to trying to reduce your weight. Stop having this immature, short-term attitude of, I want to lose weight and I want to lose it now, because that is going to set you up for failure. 
20, 24-7. Yeah? Long-term attitude. Address your habits, your routines, your lifestyle. Improve your sleep. Try and reduce stress as much as possible. And just approach it with a better and, and Part of that, I think, is you have to be honest with yourself. You, 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 know, you have to be accountable to yourself. So if you have had that extra little chocolate bar, that extra alcoholic drink, you know, don't think, oh, it's only one or anything. You've got to include that in your, uh, in your calorie deficit plan, if that's what you're trying to achieve. Um, and you just, the amount of times we've seen people just be dishonest with themselves. Heck, I've done it myself. And you think, well, I've had a really good week. I've been on plan. I've been really structured. I've done everything. But then you remember that you actually had that extra biscuit. You had that extra bit of chocolate or whatever. And it's probably all it's taken to just uh, not achieve the goals that you wanted to achieve that week. Uh, and so you do have to be absolutely 100% honest. If you know what you're doing wrong, don't just brush it under the carpet and discard it. You've got to address that situation. You've got to put it right. Uh, and, you know, we, we all know how to be healthy. We all know what we should and shouldn't be doing. Uh, we just have to be honest with ourselves when it comes to actually putting it into practice. And that also brings us on to, as we were talking a minute ago, if you know you're beating yourself up because you've had a bad day, don't then go and emotionally eat. Uh, a lot of us do emotionally eat and, uh, you know, you're feeling bad, you want a bit of comfort food. A lot of that comes again down to stress, anxiety, those kind of things. Um, but if we understand that emotional eating is there for a reason, and what is that reason is the key thing to find out. Quite often, we're trying to fill a void in our life that's just empty, something that's missing in our life. It could be happiness. It could be that uh, you want to be you know, less stressed. Um, it could be, you know, something in your work that's just pain with the back of your mind. And you, you've got that void that you're just trying to fill or put right. And uh, understanding what the root cause is can be the difference between whether you actually get that healthy life that you want or whether you just stay in the same routine and rut that you were in before. And, uh, you know, and that's when we start looking at the more psychological side of things with hypnotherapy and things like that, where we can actually find the root cause of what's causing your, uh, your self-sabotage quite often. And uh, if you can put it right, if you can address it, then you don't have a problem anymore. Anything to add on that, Lewis? Yeah, it just kind of follows on from what we kicked off with. It's addressing the root cause of the problem, isn't it? Mm. It's finding out why you're struggling to lose weight and keep it off, whether it comes down to you're super stressed all the time, you've got this self-sabotage that you just mentioned where you're, you're, you're emotional about something, you know, whether there's something that happened in your past that's causing you to want to have an eating disorder, something like that. You've got to address a problem and stop trying to tackle things surface level with just your diet. You know, a lot of people's weight gain comes down to poor lifestyle, and potentially a psychological issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, we are look at, as you mentioned, the long-term gain, the long-term plan. Um, you know, your overall happiness uh, have a massive effect on how you approach food. So if there is something just underlying, like when you sat there in the evening, you're having a chill-out time, you're watching TV, and you just get that urge to eat for no reason. And it's not necessarily boredom. We like to think it's boredom, um, but it, it's not usually boredom. It's because there's something missing. 
and you're just trying to find what that something missing is. And because you can't consciously work it out, you just go and eat. So finding the root cause of the problem is a definite must. If your head's in the right space, then you know you're going to achieve anything you want to achieve with your healthy life, your healthy eating, you know, the healthy lifestyle that you want, physically and both mentally. There's a biggie, mate, mindset. Absolutely. Maybe we'll the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to address your, your mindset to fat loss. So, yeah, we'll cover that in the next one, shall we? Yeah, mindset, I think so. Mindset and its relation to fat loss. That's yeah. definitely a, a subject on its own. <laughs> oh, 100%, mate. 100%. Wicked. We've covered a lot. We've covered the reasons why people struggle to lose weight so much are don't address the problem. They tackle things surface level. They have poor sleeping patterns. They don't avoid stress. Monday to Friday diets, short-term attitude to weight loss. And not being honest with themselves, tracking correctly, lying to themselves about what they're actually eating. And then a potential psychological issue that's not being addressed. Matt, what a fantastic episode. Next episode, we'll talk about mindset and fat loss and how the two Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Excellent. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome, mate. Matt, have a good day and I will, uh, I'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to contact me or Matt directly for more information or to discuss the services we provide, you can reach me on lewis at lewisps.com. That's L-E-W-I-S at L-E-W-I-S-P-E-A-R-S-E.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. My handle is lewis underscore underscore pierce. And Matthew, where's the best place for these for the listeners to reach you? Well, I have all my social media links through my website, so you can get through get to me through my website. My website is www.mlmindandbody.co.uk. Awesome. We'd also massively appreciate you guys giving us some reviews on Apple Podcasts and sharing any posts we put out on social media, as that's going to help us get this podcast out there to reach more people and therefore help more people. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.